Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Jacob Ford. Hey there, Jake. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing? It's a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? Uh, it's a relatively gloomy day in Tallahassee, but uh, I can't complain. The weather's not too bad. It's not raining. So, uh, yeah, could always be worse. For sure. How, how warm is it? Uh, actually, I think it's somewhere in the 70s, maybe maybe high 60s. You know, it's it's nothing nothing crazy. Uh, Tallahassee is a, a relatively warm place. I don't think I've ever seen it snow here. So, uh, you know, all things considered, it could be the uh, the frozen north. Right. So, uh, <laughs> I lived there for nine years. Place. Not so fun. Uh, all right. So, Jake, I like getting the show started right into it. Not a lot of banter. Uh, so, why don't we begin just by telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Uh, fantastic. So I'm um, 25. I am a master's in sport management uh, candidate at Florida State University, a number one sport management program in the country. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> uh, beyond that, I did my undergrad at Florida State. Uh, I started Florida State's esports club when I was a junior uh, with uh, Jesse Peak and Isakwaja. Uh, Jesse Peak was the uh, uh, League of Legends club president. We wound up uh, starting working together and. Uh, well, we went from a club to on our on pace to be a sports club to the union and athletics department realized that, you know what, we can do a whole lot more with this. And uh, the athletics department picked this up. Uh, I started working as the esports coordinator for the athletics department about five or six months ago at this point. And uh, it's been a pretty breakneck pace ever since. I love it. All right. That gives us a lot to talk about. But before we do that, I start every interview with a single question. So I'm going to ask you just like I ask everybody else. So please don't feel special. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Jake? I would probably put it somewhere at like a seven or an eight. Um, you know, I, I, I see 10 is kind of unappro- unapproachably strange, but I, I, I see myself as like just enough of that strange where you're like, wait, what's going on with him? And normal, uh, and, and normal enough to, to be able to actually be able to kind of carry a conversation. Right. Uh, I've been, I've been like that for, for the majority of my life. I, I think that's what kind of led me into the, the esports and gaming route as aggressively as, uh, as I pursued it. Fantastic. All right. So now this is the gamer premier podcast. So I do need your gaming cred. When did you first start playing video games, Jake? Uh, so the first game that I ever played was Elmo's Letter Adventure, interestingly enough. Uh, and I've been playing games since I was, I don't know, three or four years old. And I've, I've always enjoyed them, whether it's uh, esports, whether it's, you know, playing Minecraft, whether it's playing Banjo-Kazooie. Um, whether it's playing Elmo's Letter Adventure, uh, I've, I've always been a, a huge fan of that. I, I started getting into esports with uh, Hearthstone. Uh, I was a, a huge Magic the Gathering player. I started playing back in New Phyrexia. The people who know know. Uh, New Phyrexia was, was was kind of a, an exciting time for me, and I, I just followed uh, the Magic. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I followed Magic the Gathering for for quite a few years, and. Uh, I, after a little while, I realized that uh, I don't have the the people to play Magic the Gathering with all the time, and I needed something else to kind of fill that competitive void, and that led me to start playing Hearthstone because my brother played it, a couple buddies of mine played it, and I figured, you know what, let's let's go for a run with this. Uh, that pushed me eventually into finding uh, a couple of other people that were playing Hearthstone at Florida State in TESPA, which is the 
rest in peace. But uh, we, we, we played and uh, made playoffs for that season. And I started to really fall in love with esports and the esports community. And uh, about a year a year or so later, that's what kind of led us to founding the esports club uh, at, at FSU. Beautiful. And what do you play today now, if you have, if you have any time? Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Rocket League. I'm kind of terrible at Rocket League, but uh, I do have a, a good time with it. It's, it's pretty convenient with the eSports Club at FSU. We've got Grand Champs and Supersonic Legends and uh, really high caliber players. So when I play, it's, it's really nice to have them kind of take me under their wing and explain to me how terrible I am, but in a nice way. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty great experience. Uh, I've also been a huge old school RuneScape player for a lot of years. Uh, I played back when it was RuneScape two, then it became RuneScape three. And once old school RuneScape launched, I started playing that. And, uh, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, I will have it running in the background relatively frequently, whether it's doing like super AFK tasks. And then in my off time, you know, nine o'clock hits, I clock out and, uh, it goes, it goes full screen and I'll either play uh, Rocket League or I'll play RuneScape. And sometimes I do both at the same time. Oh, that's kicking in old school. <laughs> All right. Now, Jake, setting aside Elmo's Letter Adventure, because that is just a pure classic. Of course. If you had to pick one game as your all-time favorite, which one would it be? Like I would, I would say, I would say Minecraft, but it, it just has to be either old school RuneScape or World of Warcraft. Those are the games that I've got the most hours in. Uh, World of Warcraft is a game that I've, I've got very warm feelings towards, but I, I promised one of my best friends that I would never play it again, uh, just because of how many hours it took out of my, my undergrad. Uh, old school RuneScape is the game that I, I, I play still. I take breaks now and then, so I. I definitively between the two it's it's a it's it's a real it's it's a real struggle for me so i'd I'd, I'd flip a coin and make that decision so uh old school runescape is where i'm looking right now so it's that's probably where uh where i'd put it yeah old school runescape all right and then i'll tell you on the on the wow side um i i was right there with you i was doing seven days a week eight hours a day at least when i was back in undergrad now that i'm older and i have other stuff i can maybe get an hour or two every week so it it can get better (laughs) if you have other stuff to do um all right so let's get over to the preneur part because that is what we're really here for tell me tell me again uh what is your position at fsu so I'm the esports coordinator for Florida State Athletics. So, and what does that mean? Uh, so basically, what I do at the moment is it's a lot of uh, program building and, and setting up for for what the for, for what the university is going to do to engage with esports long term. That's that's one of the big focuses I had when I was the the club president. I always thought about what next, what next, what next. Right? It was all right. We've got a League of Legends crew. We've got our League of Legends community. We've got our Overwatch community. We've got our Hearthstone community. Counter Strike, Rocket League. You name it. We're going through it. Um, and we started to, I started to kind of think, all right, well, this can't just be an RSO forever, right? We want to be, eventually I want to be in the athletics department because I want to use this beautiful logo that's behind me. Um, and from there it was, all right, well, athletics is going to be a long shot away from here. So let's, let's go to to club sports, right? Let's start making friends in the union. Let's start making friends in in the academic side of campus. So we really started to push that. And by the time we started to get in close with the club sports people that led to athletics and basically what I've, I've been working on now is 
uh, working with our partners at Learfield IMG uh, to, to kind of help them understand this, this or at least uh, the on-campus reps help them understand the space, what they can do to support us, work with some of the upper administrators at the, uh, at the athletics department and at uh, Westcott, so our, the actual president's building. Uh, just to, to kind of show here's what esports can do. Here's the, the barriers that we can, we can start to break down. Here's how we can connect all of campus. Here's how we can add additional academic opportunities, internship opportunities, that sort of thing, uh, as well as uh, in some cases be a confidant for our players, in some cases help them with you know, making sure they get registered for leagues. Some of it's herding cats, admittedly. Uh, it's a, a fantastic experience. I love my players. Uh, I love our students. Uh, but uh, keeping college students organized is something that uh, is, is, is definitely a big part of that job. For sure. Now, uh, you know, it differs from state to state, school to school. What was it like trying to get in with the administration? Were they opening or open and welcoming? Or was it kind of like a slog trying to get every inch you could? So... I, I don't want to say it was a slog because I came prepared with every meeting uh, with, you know, packets of information to say, here's exactly what other schools are doing. Here's exactly how we can do it. Here's price points on building it. Here's the academic curriculum we can look at. Here's other initiatives that we can start to push. And a lot of it was just kind of cobbling things together to then go into meetings with the professors in the college sport management is, is one of the places that I started because I, I realized after getting in with the, the, the club sports advisor uh, that, all right, well, now we need to figure out the academic portion of this. And, and the more time I spent going through the academics, they, they got really excited about the idea because sport management, esports is a brand new field. They want to get involved with this. They, right, they want to see every little bit of what the esports industry can do and, and how fast it's growing is, is incredible for them. Uh, that made it a lot easier for us to start reaching out to athletics and at the athletics meeting happened at eight o'clock in the morning, completely unprompted. I was awake the entire night prior, uh, reading about esports. I was on esports observer for just hours on end, getting information together. And I decided, all right, at eight o'clock in the morning, right when the athletics department opens up, I'm going to walk in and go in and out of offices until I find somebody that tells me the answer that I'm looking for, or they ask me to leave. Conveniently enough, uh, I stumbled into the marketing office uh, right around 8.30, uh, and I had a conversation with one of the directors of marketing uh, until about 9.30, 10 o'clock, and it was, uh, that was kind of the, the, the first major step there. They, the athletics department got pretty excited about it pretty quickly. Uh, they realized, um, okay, uh, esports has got a lot of potential. It's a young industry. Uh, actually, interestingly enough, talking uh, talking with uh, with with Drew, uh, the the, the uh, old uh, marketing director, about Minecraft videos that his son watched, and and the uh, kind of the value of the gaming industry, and that it, that that can really touch and connect with everybody. Uh, that kind of started pushing more and more meetings, and the more meetings we had, the more people got involved from the athletics department side, and and now you know, our work gets wrapped into the athletics director's report every week, and they're looking to see what they can do to engage with us on, on an even uh, greater level. And it's the same way from, from the union side. And it's just a lot of um, coalition building around campus. So it's not just fighting with people all the time. It's here's what we can do to improve what you're doing. Here's what you can do to improve what we're doing. And, and, and here's what we can kind of do as a group to, to make sure that the university is getting kind of the best bang for its buck uh, when investing into something like this, especially given how new it is. 
Beautiful. That's awesome story there, Jake. And, you know, I think of all of the other schools out there, all the other people interested in esports, and so many of them, like they're, they're not making those steps. Like you, you like kind of took that bull by the horns and just decided you were going to will this into existence. Mm-hmm. What, like, what compelled you? Was it like, what, what was that motivation that you wanted to do this? Uh, I, I had always actually, interestingly enough, some of the best advice I ever got when I started the club is I will never get in with the athletics department. Uh, part of that was part of it was a little bit of spite. Uh, just I wanted to see it happen. I always got excited about esports. I wanted to see, okay, you know, let's see what we can do with this, right? I was the president of the club, and and I thought that the best contribution that I could I could make was to start progressing the agenda of what we're looking for as as an esports community and what what's going to be the best for all of us, right? We had a logo, the athletics department and the licensing department didn't want us to use it. So I'm thinking, all right, well, if we can't use that, then I want to do everything we can to, to, to use the, the actual Florida State logo and just really started to push that. I'm, I'm particularly good at networking. I'm not the person that wants to send a, a, an email out and hope that I get a reply. That's just never been my style. I'm much more comfortable just going for cold calls, right? I'll walk into somebody's office and I can have a conversation with anybody about just about anything, uh, especially when it relates to esports. Uh, and, and I think that's been one of the the, the, the secrets of the sauce uh, for our success. Um, you're not only making sure that the work that we put out is is good quality and, and constantly improving it, but it's it's that uh, ability to make human connections that, that really uh, kind of, pushed us over that gap. Um, okay, for sure. Now, Jake, part of the purpose of my show is to be able to give advice to the audience. Maybe there's someone somewhere at another school, somewhere in the world who wants to be able to create the same kind of program at their school. What resources did you turn to to do that research? Because you said you went in with packets. That obviously had to take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Was it at any particular website or like were you reaching out to other schools, other you know, programs? What did you do? So it was a mix. It was a mix of, of going online, right? Uh, Esports Observer is a fantastic place to be. Uh, a lot of students have access to their university libraries and university libraries have a tendency to have lots and lots of information in them, if you could imagine. <laughs> uh, from there, the University of California, Irvine has something called their Tools for Schools folder, which is a, a packet of information that they got together from when they were starting their program out and when they were originally pitching to their administration. So I definitely printed out about 13 or 14 or 15, or I can't count how many copies of that packet to to hand out to administrators just so they could see, right? Uh, UC Irvine's a a big public school. They've got a respected esports program, uh, something that at least to some degree can can be compared to uh, a really big school like Florida State. So that's that's where kind of my my, my thought process started. Uh, From there, it was, you know, talk to some other administrators like Doc Haskell at Boise State, talk to, to Brandon Smith from Ohio State, speak with some students who are in those clubs, get the perspective from those students on what the administration did right, what the administration did wrong. Uh, and then speak to the actual administrators, see what they thought was a success, see what they th- they thought was a failure. Uh, and, and it's given me a pretty unique perspective on figuring out, all right, what can I do as a student to make sure that this progresses? What can I do looking at this from an administrator to make sure that this uh, is a success and kind of blending those two worlds together? And that's that's been one of the the, the, the most 
uh, core elements to, to my success and making sure that I can engage with students, keep them excited about the process that I'm working on and keeping the administration excited about the work that I'm doing while they know that, you know, I, I've got the, the students best interests at heart, which for almost every, every administrator at a school, that's where their heart lies. Uh, and, and if you can really convey that message that, you know, all of this work is at the end of the day going to be for the students at the university, then it, it just makes life a ton easier. Fantastic. And how long has this journey taken you so far? Uh, so I started at my junior year. So I want to say about three, just under four years coming up in June. Okay. If you could hop in a time machine. A time machine with me here, Jake, and we could go back in time to when you were back in your junior year and you could have talked to little Jake back then. And you could tell him about this journey, all the ups, all the downs, all the challenges, all of the like secrets you wish you had known. But if there was one thing he absolutely had to know to make it bigger, badder, faster, more efficient, you know, to, to just rock it out of the park, what would that one thing be? Don't waste your time with people that run their mouth and can't do any and aren't actually doing anything to contribute to the project. Um, there's there's instances where um, uh, you know they're just getting into small, stupid, petty arguments without acknowledging you know here's what here's what I really need to be focusing my time on. I would have been able to recoup a good bit of my own uh, sanity as well as just time, not worrying about these kinds of projects, right? Uh, spending spending those resources instead focusing on on what's going to actually progress the program forward, uh, not dealing with kind of the the nonsense that can happen, uh, especially uh, among students. It's just not something that's that's worthwhile. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm not going to pretend like I am, but that's probably one of the, the most important kind of pieces of uh, advice I'd give myself is. You know, understand where you're going, understand what you're doing, understand who the um, most important uh, figures are in that journey of for success and only really focus on those things. Uh, there's there's going to be a lot of people that, that, that come and go in, in, in this space and uh, understanding that although everyone has value, you don't have to spend a bunch of time worrying about what everyone thinks. Um, you're just going to get yourself bogged down. Beautiful. Okay. Now kind of on a related note to the point you were just making there, you see, Jake, I believe that we learn the most in our life from our failures, not necessarily our successes, because when you succeed, like the first time, right, you may not know what happened. You just kind of roll with it. But if you fail, you got to take a look at it. You got to figure out what went wrong in, in order to be able to move past it, move forward. So I'd like to ask you, what do you consider your biggest failure in life? And what did you learn from it? That's actually like that. That's a, that's a, that's a, really particular question and, and i actually when, when i read it the other day i i that's one of the, the the big questions that i i got myself stuck on for the longest amount of time right i i wouldn't say it's just one individual failure i would say probably my how i acted my my senior junior and senior year of high school through my freshman and sophomore years uh so i was not the best student i didn't take things all that seriously i didn't take classes all that seriously uh, and, and it took me a few years to be able to start or it took, it took me until my sophomore year to recover, finally make my way into Florida State. Uh, so I, I was looking to try and go to college for soccer. Didn't take that all that seriously. Wound up staying home for my first year. 
uh, doing community college classes. It was an absolutely miserable experience uh, living at home, being in college, seeing all my friends move away to Florida State. They'd come home for breaks and tell me about all these amazing experiences they'd have. And I'm sitting here, you know, I was working at the job that I had, that I got my, my, that I, that I had gotten in high school. And it was just an absolutely just felt like I was grinding my head against a grindstone. It was miserable. And uh, after, after a few years, I realized, you know what, I'm just going to up and leave, go to, go to Tallahassee, uh, finished my last semester of community college at TCC moved into Florida state. And that's when things started to kind of turn around. They started taking classes more seriously, started taking my GPA more seriously, uh, constantly improving. But I, I would, I would probably say that the, the, the biggest failure that I had was, was not being able to get into Florida state. My, uh, the first time I applied, uh, or the second time I applied the third time was when, uh, when I got in, uh, it, it's just, it's just all about that, uh, that perseverance, right? It's, it's constantly willing to figure out what your failures were uh, and, and be able to, to improve and move forward. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Kind of a, on that same note, you were just just on there. What is something that you're working to improve on yourself today? Oh, I, I'm really bad about keeping um, up to date with my laundry. That's probably one of the, my, my, my girlfriend will make fun of me for that one. Uh, actually, my, my own mother will probably make fun of me for that one. Um, just making sure that I've got all of my ducks in a row, making sure that I'm more organized, making sure that I, I stick to a more specific regimen, uh, in, in the esports space, you know, you can wind up having a business meeting at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, and that's one of those kinds of things where, um, being aware of kind of what time it is, making sure you go to bed at a good time making sure that you're eating properly. It's something that, you know, don't get me wrong. I I'm all for a plate of, for, for a nice bowl of ramen or something like that, but making sure you're actually eating, you know, vegetables, making sure you're actually eating properly, making sure you're cleaning up after yourself constantly. It's, it's some stuff that'll make, make sure that you stay in a, a positive health, uh, a mental space, especially during COVID because if the space around you is a mess, it's just an absolute nightmare trying to kind of, keep everything organized, keep yourself happy, comfortable, progressing. And that's something that, that I constantly, at least recently have been, been working on to, to improve. All right. So I feel you on the ramen point. I ate so much of it when I was in school and in grad school that I still eat it today just because I got so used to it, but now I throw vegetables and other stuff in. So it's actually healthier. <laughs> All right, Jake, this has been a fantastic interview. How do people find you? How do they reach out to you? Where are you on social media? Uh, at bad at rating on Twitter. Uh, it's really the only social media that I use. Um, I used to be on Facebook. Don't use it at all. Used to be on Instagram, not a huge fan of it. Um, or discord bad at rating 1851. That's me. You can find me, reach out to me wherever. Uh, I, I, I'm a pretty open person, always looking for more people to, to follow on Twitter. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Now, as we wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? Where the gaming industries in five years. Okay. <laughs> Typical uh, interview question. Where yeah. do you see the gaming industry in five years? <laughs> uh, I, I would say uh, in, in five years, right, given how fast it's growing, I think Power 5 Collegiate Esports is going to be a really, really uh, large mainstay, at least in the collegiate space. Uh, well, Power Five and Group of Five, so the FBS conferences, I think they're really gonna gonna take the uh, 
the collegiate esports space and, and really send it to the future. And it's, it's not to say that um, esports isn't for everyone, but the, the, the group of five and FBS conference schools um, generate billions of dollars in revenue in traditional sports every year. Uh, and and I, I imagine that that kind of exposure, that kind of influence is, is going to help the industry kind of take off. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say I'd like to eventually see some more kind of integrated advertising in the actual major esports themselves. Uh, you know, I want to see a Florida State car in, 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 a few, in, in Rocket League. I want to see some Florida State-based skins in, in Valorant. I want to see any 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 number of, of different things to, to, to make the esports industry feel that much closer to uh, the people in our community and our fans, that, that sort of thing. Well, how do you how do you think that'll work with the fact that the publishers own these IPs? Uh, the conferences have a, a surprisingly large amount of influence, and if you can tell these these publishers, hey, um, you know, you, you you saw with the um, NFL fan pack for for Rocket League recently, right? They they released that, they sold it. I see tons of people with those cars floating around. Uh, just just getting all the conference schools together and eventually say, hey, we want to run this. We want to have a, a conference that we want to play in. Um, we want to have cars. We want to have that kind of stuff. Right. I've spoken to a few Florida State alumni and kind of made the joke in passing about, oh, hey, how would you know, would you be interested in a, in a Florida State car for Rocket League? Be like, absolutely. Uh, and it's it's so it's if, if you can guarantee that these companies are going to make money at the end of the day, they're still companies. They're not going to. You know, they're not going to turn a blind eye just because it's not something that's been done before. The last few years, you've seen a gradual growth in kind of this integrated gaming market, uh, this integrated marketing within gaming. So you'll see, you know, Valorant will have a billboard that sits off to the side that'll just have a, a little sponsor on it. For Collegiate Rocket League, this um, this last, uh, I think, winter split, they had a... Um, a big sign up that said, uh, you know, skill shot or something like that. And it's one of their sponsors. There's actually mods that you can mod the ball in rocket league. So uh, on client side. So there's, there's a lot of things that these publishers can do to start adjusting, uh, to, to, to the, uh, growth of the industry. So it's, uh, I, I just give it a few years just to kind of get the conferences on board, get more university administrators on board. And once that sort of thing happens, then I, I just I anticipate it's just going to be all over the place. Uh, I, I think they would be uh, a little bit short sighted not to acknowledge the branding power of a lot of these institutions and the, and the value of their actual brands themselves. Um, so if, if basically if they can sell a product, why not? If it's somewhat minimal investment to be able to sell that product. Absolutely. All right, Jake, thank you so much for coming on with us today. I genuinely Absolutely. do appreciate this. No worries. No worries. Thank you for having me. Uh, for, uh -huh, for sure. All right. And for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur.